Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. This is the Paul Leslie Hour coming at you. I'm pleased to present a special music-filled episode featuring an interview with songwriter Dan Gold, who mostly wrote songs under the name Danny Heiss with his wife Ruby Heiss. We have an exclusive in-depth interview and some great musical selections as well, including some of the greatest singers ever who recorded their songs, as well as some of the wonderful demos they've made. When you hear the songs of Dan and Ruby, you'll be astonished. I really hope you enjoy. Just keep in mind, the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by viewers and listeners like you. If you'd like to contribute, just go to thepaulleslie.com and click on support the show. My warmest and sincerest thanks to all who donate, and just as important, spread the word about these interviews. I thank you. Please let me know what you think of this episode. It is a special one. Enjoy the show. We're rocking, dude. <laughs> good stuff. How you doing? I am uh, as good as could be expected, considering my situation. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm a recent widow man, and I'm not liking it very much. Yeah. I do appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate the invitation. You know, I got a letter from you about six months or a year ago. Well, it was probably around Christmas, right after Ruby went away. Ah. And <laughs> I lost I, I lost the letter. It seems like Kim Morrison had mentioned me to you. Right. And you wrote me a letter, and I, I, in my loss, and I was just totally taken. I, I lost everything. But I'm yeah. getting myself back now. I wondered if you got that letter. And then uh, I thought, you know, sometimes email can actually get a response better. I didn't have your email. I didn't think... For whatever reason, I didn't think to ask Kim until a little while ago. Well, here we are. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be with you. It's very nice to meet you, Paul. Nice to meet you. Well, sh shall we begin? Let's begin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome this man. He's done a lot of things, and he's gone by a few names. A songwriter and a producer, studio owner and a voice actor formerly a media personality. As a broadcaster, he worked as a radio host and disc jockey. With his wife, Ruby, he's written songs recorded by the best singers in American music in many different styles. Let's list a few of these recording artists, shall we? All three of the singing Sinatras, that's Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra Jr., and Nancy Sinatra. Also, Dionne Warwick, Ray Price, Melba Montgomery, Anne Murray, Reba McIntyre, Ray Charles, Gladys Knight, Tammy Wynette, Barbara Mandrell, Jim Ed Brown and Helen Cornelius, Farron Young, Hank Snow, and that's just some of them. There are others. He's been known as Danny Heiss, Danny Sampson, and these days he goes by his birth name, Dan Gold. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the invitation. It's uh, it's a joy to be here. I'm actually smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling, too. And as I said, there's a lot to a name, I think. What name goes with what? what? Tell us the difference between Danny Heist, Danny Sampson, and Dan Gold. Well, I was born Dan Gold. My mom and dad divorced. Mom remarried. Clifford Heiss, so I became Danny Heiss. Then I met Ruby Van Noy in Kirkwood, Missouri, St. Louis suburb. And she nicknamed me Danny Sampson as a songwriting partner. And then it's too long a story to tell here, but 
We moved to California, lived in a little town called Toluca Lake, which is sandwiched in between Hollywood, Universal City, and Studio City. And uh, for some legal reasons, we we went back into the courtroom and changed me back to my birth name, Dan Gold. So here I am. I made full circle. <laughs> well, what name did you use when you were on the radio airwaves? Oh, there's another name. <laughs> Daly, D-A-L-Y, Dan Daly. I started using that name in Dallas when I was a DJ in Dallas. And it carried over with me into St. Louis when I worked at WIL in St. Louis. And then again, WKDA in Nashville, I worked there. And WSIX in Nashville, I was Dan Daly as the radio guy. But in real life, I'm Dan Gold. Actually, I'm Mr. Ruby Gold. I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm the lesser half. Well, I know you've lived in a number of places, but I'd like to find out just a little bit about your early years. Where were you born, and what was life like growing up? I, uh, I was born in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. I mean, way out in the country, uh, a shack, literally a shack. No running water, no electricity, no plumbing, no, not even an outhouse. We had a chamber pot. And we walked about 100 yards to a spring to get drinking water. We chopped wood. I lived with my grandma, Grandma Junie. And uh, they were the best of my young years. Then my mom and dad got me again, and they installed me in a military academy when I started to school at about seven years of age. I became a little soldier, and I faked my way all the way through school, joined the Army, and uh, wound up learning how to write songs. That was the growing up period. Now, did you always like music? When did you realize you, in particular, had a musical talent? Well, I loved songs, and I memorized all the hit songs of the day when they would play them on the radio. And I guess I was about 10 years old when I wrote my first poem. It was an assignment in, I think, fifth grade. And I wrote a poem about the, um, uh, the World Series. And it worked. The teacher liked it. She asked me to read it to the class, and I think I was hooked from there. I started writing poems all the time. Now, going from poetry to writing songs, melodies, and, and so forth, how did you learn you could write songs? Well, one of my cousins could play guitar, so he taught me a few chords on guitar, and I began to mess around with my poems and the guitar. I guess uh, I was about 17, and I learned how to play some country songs on my guitar, just the chords. So I would use those chords and write extra verses to the hit songs that were on the radio. So I was rewriting the hits when I was about 17, when I was a disc jockey in Dallas at KBOX Radio, I began to write fresh new songs, and I sent one of them to Nashville, and somebody actually recorded it. So I knew then that I was, uh, I was a songwriter for sure. But I didn't know until I got to St. Louis how to really make uh it's a craft it's it's not just a talent it's something you have to develop it's hard work but if you are a songwriter you will never escape it you'll always be a songwriter mm. but if you're not a if you're not a songwriter you can't go to school 
and learn how to be. It's something you can do or you can't. Very interesting. We're here with songwriter Dan Gold. We're going to play one of his demos for you. This is a great-sounding demo and a terrific song, Half Past a Heartache. Stop that clock no matter how I try Time heals old wounds, it's just a big old lie And it's half past the heartache, quarter to cry Just can't stop. I bet you never give my heart a single thought. And it's half past the heartache, order to cry. Can't stop that clock no matter how I try. Time heals all wounds, it's just a big old lie. And it's half past the heartache, order to cry. Now, since you brought up the radio, as we've been saying, you were also on the radio. What did you like most about that experience of being on the air? Well, I'm a shy guy. I'm not a public speaker. But the microphone gives you anonymity. So you can become, I'm not Dan Gold anymore. I'm Dan Daly. I'm a personnel. I can say anything I want to say, play whatever song I want to play, and nobody can talk back to me because I'm in this little booth with a microphone. It's just me. And, uh, yeah, I, I get to flaunt a bit of my own personality without having to, you know, put up or shut up. So I just put up on the microphone. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory from your time on the radio? And actually, no. I, I being in that room all by yourself, playing playing records for three or four hours. That's uh, it's it's actually kind of boring. Hmm. I, it was not an exciting life for me. It was just, it was an easy life. It was something I'd always wanted to do. And when I got into it, I just, I was good at it. So I just, I think I just sort of took it for granted. Life didn't really change for me until I, get, I got to St. Louis. Hmm. Well, you've called her your other half, your, your better half. Can you tell us about Ruby? When did you first come to meet her? When I moved to St. Louis, I was offered a job on radio in St. Louis, W-I-L. And uh, so I moved here from Dallas. There was a young girl named Barbara Fairchild who had just gotten a record deal and they were promoting her records. And they came to the radio station to plug the record. Well, the lady who wrote the song was Ruby Van Noy. And uh, she brought Barbara to the station to plug the record. And it was a good record. It was a good song. And that's when I met Ruby. It was in July. And uh, I'd never seen red hair like that before since, mm. you know, I mean, Hollywood red hair like Susan Hayward and Lucille Ball. And, I mean, awesome, gorgeous babe. <laughs> and... Uh, and she introduced me to Barbara, gave me a copy of the record, and shook my hand and said, nice to meet you. And I said, 
I assure you, ma'am, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> well, how would you describe Ruby to someone who had never met her? This is the finest woman that ever lived on the earth. She is, uh, she's a princess. She's a queen. She's an angel. Her mama raised her. She, she, Ruby grew up in a third world country, kind of like I did out in the, in the back country, far from everything. No running water, no electricity. That's how she grew up. But her mama, Aubrey Jackson, raised her up to be the finest girl that ever was. And I was blessed to know her and, and love her. Beautiful. One of the things that I've had quite a, an, an enjoyable time, and uh, at times it's been, I, I've smiled and I've laughed, and uh, it's some of these songs that you and Ruby wrote, they've even made me cry. There's just an incredible number of very high-quality songs that you all wrote. What was the mood like when the two of you wrote songs? Well, when we first started writing, she, Ruby lived in a suburb of St. Louis, Kirkwood, Missouri. And I would drive over there and uh, actually under the pretense of writing songs, I was just wanted to be near her. But she's a songwriter, a professional. So she would sit at her dining room table and drink coffee and I would sit there across from her and watch her write and I had already had a song or two recorded by then but I was not a professional writer but it was uh, it, I was a uh, kind I guess I was a a lecherous young man <laughs> I just wanted to be around her <laughs> and uh, but she would write songs there and I began to kind of catch on to it and I would get an idea now and then of a, for a song and I would tell her the song idea and then she would write the song and teach me how 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 to do it and it was it was two young people discovering music and discovering one another and and falling in love so it was a it was a romantic time and uh, a really a growing time for me because I was I was just a I was a kid and she was a professional songwriter so she she's always taken the lead always looked up to her her talent what did it feel like the first time a song that you wrote was cut by a recording artist? What was going on in your heart and mind? Well, I, at the time that it happened, I was I was disc jockey still in Dallas at that time. I had sent a song to Nashville. The song I sent it to, let's see, Acuff Rose, a really big publishing company. And they wrote me back and said they liked the song and they took it in the studio and recorded it on a guy named Jim Mundy. And when I got a copy of the record there, it said, my office is a ballpoint pen sung by Jim Mundy written by Dan Daly. And that was at the time, that was the greatest feeling that you can possibly know I was doing black backflips and uh, it was, it was crazy. It was not a hit song, but it did get in the charts and I heard it on the radio, although I, I couldn't play it myself because of conflict of interest. But uh, when I'd be going into the station to work, uh, one, of, one of the buddies on the air would play the song and wow. What a what a monster! But that was the first one. That was a, that was really exciting. I own a guitar, my shoes, a shirt on my back, and my office is a ballpoint pen. 
My home is any place along the railroad track And every day I'm going home again Chopping firewood, sweeping out the local cafe Will earn me all the money I need I got a deal with the railroad and I don't have to pay Sleeping on a big bag of feet I don't mind smoking old cigarette butts Or eating beans from a cold tin can I ain't got a woman to weary off us I'm just a living off the fat of the land I own a guitar, my shoes, the shirt on my back And my office is a ballpoint pen My home is any place along the railroad track And every day I'm going home again I don't have no one to boss me And no job of working nine to five Living hand to mouth is the only way For a man to keep his soul alive I don't want no one to think I don't care Cause I'm doing what I want with my time I don't make a lot of money, so I'm tax exempt But I ain't standing in a welfare line I own a guitar, a shoes, and a shirt on my back You just heard an excerpt of the first song Dan Gold had cut by a recording artist. That was Jim Mundy, My Office is a Ballpoint Pen. Dan is credited as Dan Daly on that song. And you've had some very iconic country singers record your songs. To name just a few, someone that I I really love, the late, great, legendary Hank Snow who I don't think gets played enough, and another one of my favorites, Melba Montgomery. Is it unique for you to write country songs? Yeah, yeah. To write that kind of country, that's the real country country, the steel guitars and so on. We wrote, because we were in Nashville, Ruby and I wrote quite a a bit of that, but it it was not my preference. I liked uh, Marty Robbins, Ray Price, Glenn Campbell. I liked a kind of pop music mixture along with that. But, yeah, Melba was a friend of ours. She was a neighbor of ours, and uh, she was her producer was Pete Drake, the steel guitar player. And we knew Pete. He was a neighbor also. And we would take songs over to Pete, and if he liked them, he'd record them. He recorded a song of ours called Ruby, You're Warm. It's a fine piece of material, I have to say. And um, Charlie Rich recorded that song. A couple other people recorded that song. David Rogers was the first one. And David... Rogers and Melba Montgomery did duets with Pete Drake, and we wrote a couple of duets for Melba Montgomery. And Hank Snow's song was uh, a tune called Duquesne, Pennsylvania, and I wore out my rhyming dictionary to get 72 rhymes in a three-minute song. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's a funny song. It had different places and towns and whatnot, which I think Hank liked because of the his really big hit, I've Been Everywhere. And it was a song about a train, a train from Duquesne, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that was fun. I listened to that song last night. I really like it. It's it's very unique to say the least. Yeah, it's a it's a fun, silly song. <laughs> well, let's hear a little excerpt from Duquesne, Pennsylvania, as sung by the late great Hank Snow, written by our special guest, Dan Gold. <laughs> Terrain in the rain is my claim to fame Since I broke the chain The shack on my brain to that old woman insane Way back in Duquesne, Pennsylvania But my only regret is that I can't forget All the outstanding debts that she ain't paid yet And that fuzzy brunette who always said Don't sweat the small stuff So 
in the rain on this big old train Like a man with a name and my language profane Cause my only domain is this break to Monterey, California With the rain on my face, with the wind and the chase It's an open shut case, I'm a happy disgrace To the life I misplaced way back in Duquesne, Pennsylvania And true as a hot bite to chew And the feeling was new But I knew what to do So I quickly withdrew Cause a woman's the do can detain you Yes, a word of advice is enough to suffice And I won't say it twice Even though she seems nice It's a big sacrifice Just one toss of the dice can restrain you Well, you're probably one of the only songwriters around To have all three of the singing Sinatras that <laughs> recorded one of your songs maybe if we went back to like those tin pan alley kind of writers we'd find you know from that that they recorded or performed but i'm curious how did that come about that frank sinatra frank sinatra jr and nancy sinatra they all recorded something that you wrote i was a disc jockey being dan daly and the sinatra company they opened an, a publishing company in nashville and they the get the famous guitar player billy strange was uh had retired from playing guitar and being a publishing executive so i heard that they were in town and i put together a package of half a dozen songs on a on a disc and took it over there and pretended to be Dan Daly, the disc jockey, plugging songs for my friends, Ruby and Danny Heiss. So they took the tape and said thank you and ushered me out the door. And on that tape was a song called The Best I Ever Had and another song called A Gentleman Like You. And uh, the best I ever had was written when we wrote that. We wrote it for Gladys Knight as kind of a as a, a rhythm and blues ballad, kind of like uh, we wrote it for Gladys, like, and it had the same feel as Midnight Train to Georgia. But they didn't hear it that way. Anyway, they liked the songs, and Billy Strange sent the songs out to Palm Springs and Mr. Sinatra heard that one. He, uh, he wanted to record it. And I hear, I don't know this for fact, but I hear that they recorded it as a ballad, but it wasn't happening. So they did an up-tempo tin pan alley jazz version of it. And it came out as a single. About I guess that was about 1980. And Nancy heard the uh, the song "A Gentleman Like You," and she wanted to do a, another country. You remember the "Boots Are Made for Walking" was originally a country song, and she wanted to do country again. So she came to Nashville and recorded "A Gentleman Like You," and Frank Jr. said. I want to do the best I ever had the way it was written, the way Danny and Ruby wrote it. So he did a ballad version. So we, uh, we just lucked out there getting in the door with Billy Strange and, and Mr. Sinatra hearing our songs. What a blessing. <laughs> well, you know, a blessing indeed. Having interviewed so many songwriters, so many of them say, that the one that was on their wish list that they just thought if I could get anybody, it would be Frank Sinatra to record. Or they would say my favorite thing that ever happened to me was that Sinatra recorded one of my songs. What did you think when you heard Frank Sinatra, the great singer record that he had recorded your song, the best I ever had. When I heard that he first, I heard that he liked it. And I didn't let it go anywhere beyond my wishes and dreams. And then I heard that he had recorded it. And then, I, I mean, I was ecstatic. Wow, the old man 
the chairman of the board, Old Blue Eyes, has recorded our song. And the single arrived in the mail, and I, I went down to Billy Strange's office, and he played it on the disc. And when I, when I heard the opening music, the intro to the song, I, it didn't even sound like the same song. It still doesn't. But it's, uh, it's an absolute classic in the sense of the style. It sounds like the, his early recordings, like when he was back in the 40s and 50s, is what it sounds like. It's kind of a, you want to do a backflip, you know? <laughs> well, I was telling you on the phone uh, the other day, our resident Sinatra expert, John Gold Paradise, he has often said that that's one of the most underrated Sinatra songs. But I'd like to know from you, who did the better version between you and I and the audience, Frank Sinatra or Frank Sinatra Jr.? Well, if my choice is Frank Sinatra or Frank Jr., then I would say Frank Jr. because the arrangement is more like the original song. But the actual best version of the song was the original demo which we produced in the studio and had hired a, a girl to sing it for us we had never met before named Kim Morrison, who can do Gladys Knight like Gladys Knight. So she sang it, the demo, and that's my favorite version. Interesting. Kim's an incredible, incredible singer. And songwriter. Great, great, great talent. From the album It's All Right, here is Frank Sinatra Jr. doing the song The Best I Ever Had, written by our guest Dan Gold and his wife Ruby. I've tried to break the habit. But somehow I still keep waking up alone Cause there's something deep inside me That refuses to believe you're really gone Every night I fall asleep On your side of this great big double bed I remember the worst you ever gave me Was the best I ever had How I miss your tender kisses And the loving arms that used to hold me tight And the gone but not forgotten way We used to come together in the night Yes, they say that all good things must end But endings often leave somebody sad I remember that the worst you ever gave me Was the best I ever had Tonight you're sleeping like a kitten in somebody else's arms While I lie awake remembering all the ways we used to keep each other warm Yes, I know that nothing's perfect, but we came so close How could it turn out but even so, I know the worst you gave me was the best I ever had. Yes, 
so I know the worst you ever gave me was the best I ever had. Another one of your songs, Ann Murray recorded your song Sunday School to Broadway, which I think is a really interesting story song. What inspired that song? There's a miss. We, we had started writing a song called uh, Mississippi Angel in Chicago, and it just wasn't working. And after a couple of years had passed by, Neil Diamond had a song out called uh, Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show. And it was about a gospel preacher and a tent. And that song inspired the story for Sunday School to Broadway. And we didn't steal anything from Neil Diamond, but his, his groove was inspirational. And so actually, we were just writing a song, and we had we found that hook, Sunday School to Broadway. And the, the hook on the end of the song, well, I can't tell you that. I, too much story to tell. But, yeah, it was, it was an old song that we had started and couldn't work it out. And then the Neil Diamond song came out, and it was where, where the original uh, – our original idea wanted to be, so we took it there. It wasn't a spiritual inspiration, although it's a spiritual song. Mm. While the tears of childhood innocence were rolling down her face Mama prayed at night and raised her right and thought she knew the way But it's a long, long way from Sunday school to where she is today It's a long, long way from Sunday school to Broadway Long, long way from Sunday school to New York nights alone. That was an excerpt of Anne Murray's recording of Sunday School to Broadway, written by our special guest Dan Gold and his wife Ruby, credited as Danny Heiss and Ruby Heiss. This appeared on the album Keeping in Touch. Now back to our interview with Dan Gold. Well, there is a song of yours that just, it knocks me out. I think it's one of the best songs I've ever heard. Such a beautiful song. It's made me cry a couple times already. I'm talking about If You Were a Song. I've heard a recording that the late Ray Price made of him singing it. But then I also listened last night to this version from a Malaysian singer, Kamal, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Who do you think did the best version of that song? 
I like Kamal's vocal the best of of those two, Ray Price and Kamal. Kamal really captured the feeling of how the song was written. But Fred Foster was Ray Price's producer. And Fred, when he made that record with Ray Price, he it was almost symphonic in the way it was produced. It, it was unlike anything it, we had ever written before. It, they just turned it into a whole new song. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. But we heard that uh, Don Tweedy, who was a producer and arranger for Bobby Goldsboro, was going to get Bobby Goldsboro to sing it, and it didn't work. So he found a guy who sounded like Bobby Goldsboro to record it, named a guy named Randy Baird. And that was the... They did it just like our original demo, and it's uh, it's really a good a good record very pop very uh would have been a big hit for bobby goldsboro it's one of our favorite songs if you were a song i'd play you over and over again out of sight well we're going to play it it's an exceptional song written by dan and ruby gold if you were a song and what a song it is hard to pick a version we're going to go with the Ray Price, that's what I'm feeling at the moment, from his album, There's Always Me. So, your fingers wipe away the pain. So warm Like sunshine Following the rain Morning always Comes too soon And still I want to hear the tune Again If you were a song I'd play you Over and over again Like the music of a symphony It rushes in to cover me And then Just when I think the music's gone You touch me And I hear the song again Your fingers gently strum the strings If anyone can make me sing you can If you were a song I'd play you Over and over again Your words They always fit the melody Sweet love like you were written just for me Your arms reach out to keep the time Your lips repeat the lines I understand If you were a song I'd play you Over and over again like the music of a symphony It rushes in to cover me And then Just when I think the music's gone You touch me And I hear the song again Your fingers gently strum the strings If anyone can make me sing You can If you were a song, I'd play you over and over again. 
If you were a song, I'd play you over and over again. Well, on that note, what version of one of your songs that someone recorded knocked you out the most? Oh, unquestionably, the Dionne Warwick's version of Feeling Old Feelings. It's uh, her, She's just an incredibly powerful, well, Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick. But also involved in that song was Clive Davis, the owner of Arista Records helped us get that song to Dion. And actually, Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow was Dion's producer, and he played piano on the session and sang backup. So we got Barry Manilow and Dion Warwick on the same on the same record. How could it not sound good? <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's it it that's by far the best record I've ever had. Won a Grammy in J- in Japan. That was an excerpt of Dion Warwick singing Feeling Old Feelings from the album Dion, co-written by our special guest, Dan Gold, credited as Danny Heiss. A lot of songwriters are familiar with the frustration, and they express this frustration about a, they have a great song that they wrote. It hasn't been recorded yet, and so to speak, the demos are just sitting on a shelf. They're waiting there for the world to hear it. What song of yours do you feel is a great one that wasn't recorded that you could tell us about? A song that we wrote for Gladys Knight, our favorite singer, a song called A Good Thing and Goodbye. You're caught between a good, you're caught between a rock and a hard place 
this girl is singing to her guy. He is falling in love with someone else, and he's lying about his someone else. And the someone else is the good thing, and the girl who's singing is the goodbye. You're caught between a good thing and goodbye. It's a fine piece of work, and if Gladys ever hears it, she'll record it, I bet. We'll try to get it in her ears. <laughs> I would love to get it in her ears for sure. Maybe it is possible. Well, she, she did record one of our songs with Ray Charles. She sang a, Gladys sang a duet with Ray Charles that Ruby had written with Kim Morrison. Uh, the song title is, I Wish I'd Never Loved You at All. That has got to be incredible to have a duet of Ray Charles and Gladys Knight doing something you wrote. <laughs> it is an amazing feeling. You hear about it. They write you letters and tell you it's recorded and we need to get a permission license to release the song. And that's one thing. But then you get the record in your hand and wow, wow, what a feeling. Charles and Gladys Knight, a great song that appeared on the Ray Charles album Just Between Us. And now, back to our interview with the multi-talented Dan Gold, right here on the Paul Leslie Hour. So Dan, when someone listens to one of your songs, what is it that you hope they get out of that experience of listening? I, uh, I, the last song I wrote, it's it's a new song. I haven't even been in the studio with it yet called If You Kiss Me. And I think it's one of one of my best pieces. I played it for a friend of mine about a week ago. And she wrote me an email and said that it's such a beautiful song. It made her weep. She cried listening to that song. But then she knows the story of me and Ruby. So uh, I think her emotional input to my situation, plus the song, did something to her. But it, when somebody, if someone smiles or cries, and especially this particular one, she wept. She said, I wept listening to that song. Mm -hmm. It's a treat to hear that from someone. Well, I have to say, and uh, if anybody wants to listen to the incredible songs that you and Ruby wrote, 
you have written some incredible songs. I mean, they're really just unbelievable. And I wish more people knew the name of, of Dan and Ruby because you wrote some fantastic songs. Thank you. Yes, sir. We're going to play a simple demo of the song, If You Kiss Me, written by Dan Gold. Let us know what you think. I'll be your hero, I'll be your saint, I'll be your courage when you think you can't. I'll be your water when your well runs dry For you, girl, I'd cheat, steal, and lie If you kiss me I am your heartbeat, the air that you breathe I'm living inside you, I'll be all that you need I'm your pathway to heaven, your answer to prayer when you need me, baby, I'll be there If you kiss me Lay here beneath me, let the story unfold The sweet ancient mystery of love will be told History's behind us, the future is now Together we'll possess every power if you kiss me I'll be your cowboy, your mountain man I'll show you a sunrise no other man can For a lifetime, for always, anything you ask We'll learn how long forever can last If you kiss me Inside you, your love in my heart No earthly force can ever take us apart Like mountains and oceans, we are made by His hand All that we see, we'll command If you kiss me Lay here beneath me, let the story unfold the sweet ancient mystery of love will be told History's behind us, the future is now Together we'll possess every power If you kiss me If you kiss me Well, not to just lavish you with praise, but I'm also really honored to share a microphone with you because you've done these incredible voiceovers, many voiceovers. What has that experience been like for you to be a vocal actor, to record these voiceovers for different people and brands and companies and things? Hey, it's free money. You write them, I read them. <laughs> You get on the microphone and say a few words and they send you money. It's just, it's an awesome, it's free money. <laughs> I love doing it. I do it all day, every day. It's what I do here in the, here in the studio. I do voiceovers. You're really good. Thank you. Do you have a favorite voiceover that you've done? 
Mm, not really. I, the things that pay the most are the things. I've done some, since I've been in St. Louis, I've done some Budweiser stuff. See, what's the name of that bank? There's a, a city bank that has an ad agency here. I did a series of uh, things for Disney, for the Disney Disneyland and Disney World parks that was all quite lucrative. Those are my favorites, the ones that pay. <laughs> I'm curious, Dan, do you watch television? I do. Occasionally. What do you I watch? watch? I watch I watch Fox News. I watch uh on Sunday morning I watch uh, Jimmy Swaggart. Uh that's that's I don't go to a church church but Jimmy Swaggart's television broadcast that's my Sunday morning church. For a while I watched the I ID Discovery ID kind of like um the the mystery shows where they catch the bad guy right yeah but i i don't watch that anymore it's all the stories run together but fox news i i keep it there if i want to laugh i turn over to cnn then i turn back to fox <laughs> what shows do you watch on the fox news channel greg gutfeld tucker carlson Harris Faulkner in the mornings. I think my favorite host is Pete Hegseth. He's a, I don't think he was a Navy SEAL. He was, he was a, a special forces guy, a ranger. He's a veteran, a combat veteran. I really respect that. I did some time in the Army, and I was never in any danger. But the guys who go into danger, I really love those men and women. Do you have a favorite book? Yes, two. I think my Hal Lindsey's The Late Great Planet Earth changed my life. And a guy named Jim Bishop's a series of books, The Day something like the day Lincoln was shot, the day Christ was born. But the one that's most powerful to me is the day Christ died. Jim Bishop wrote that back in the 40s or 50s. So Hal Lindsey and Jim Bishop are my favorite authors outside of that spiritual stuff. Well, on that note, I was watching this video not long ago, and it's kind of what prompts this question. This author and show personality, Andrew Claven, he was talking about the Bible, and he was saying it's really it's the, the center of, of of the intellectual world. And as a writer yourself, I'm curious to know, what do you think about the Bible? It's... Uh, in. The simplest truth is it is the Bible is the word of God, and I believe in God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost. So that, that's what it is to me. It's the truth. I read Bible, and this, yeah, this is going to sound so stupid or phony. I read Bible every day. I got, I got saved in Nashville at the hillbilly church which the pastor at the time was the son of the great hank snow this preacher's name's jimmy snow and he was preaching one sunday night uh, we just happened to be there and boy he was preaching right at me and he gave the altar call and i could not wait to get out of my pew and down to the altar to get, get my soul saved. So, yes, I believe in the Bible, and I believe 
if you don't believe in the Bible, you're in eternal peril. Well, I don't think what you were saying was silly at all about reading the Bible every day. It has stood the test of time, and it always will. It's the bestseller, man. <laughs> well spoken. What is the best thing about being Dan Gold? Because for many years, I got to be Mr. Ruby Gold. Instead of Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Dan Gold, it was Mrs. and Mr. Ruby Gold. I was the lesser of the halves. Being her husband, oh, man, what a treasure she was. That's the best thing about my life is getting to spend so much of it with Ruby. Ruby Fay. I always like to end the show by giving the guests the stage, an open forum, so to speak. What would you say to anyone, wherever they are in the world, who is out there listening? You mean people listen? <laughs> On a good day, they do. Well, today is a good day. Today is 8 September 2021. And the world is in a really foul humor. Uh, get close to Jesus. And if you're a songwriter, write a song about Jesus. Because you never know where your song's going to go and who it's going to influence. But if Jesus is your influence, you're okay. When time comes to get out of here, you know where you're going. That's, that's the bottom line. Preacher Dan. <laughs> well, Dan Gold, thank you so much for coming here on the Paul Leslie Hour and giving this interview. And I want to encourage everybody out there to explore these songs of Dan and Ruby Gold, also known as Danny and Ruby Heiss. There's just some incredible songs, and I hope you all have enjoyed this broadcast as much as I've enjoyed being a part of it, being able to ask Dan all these questions. And I have to say, if there's anybody that I've interviewed lately that I would hope to one day, maybe, God willing, look in the eye, shake the hand of, or share a meal with, it would be you, Dan. Oh, man, thank you. I'll buy. <laughs> First of all, I love the state of Missouri. It's one of my favorite places in the country. But to tell the listeners a little more, I wrote a letter a while back trying to get a hold of Dan. I was starting to explore these songs, and I thought, gosh, I have to find a way to get a hold of him. Well, here we are, September 8th, 2021. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, sir, Paul. Bum up, but a beep, a boop, dot, boop, the beep, but a leap, a knock, the bees, I walk on, teach a girl, I get it, no, which I got, oh, is it, and I got a kiss, I got, oh, oh, is it, oh, it, oh, 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 o